This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello, welcome to episode 81 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan. I'm joined today by David and Brady. Uh, Everyone, March Madness is upon us. The NCAA tournament starts today as this pod is coming out with the first four, including Sunbelt champion Appalachian State facing off against MEAC champions Norfolk State. Round of 64 action is Friday and Saturday. The round of 32 plays out on Sunday and Monday. So the meat and potatoes of this pod is going to be a little bit of discussion and predictions about the tournament, starting off with everyone's final four. Moving on to biggest upsets we're going to be calling, biggest upsets we won't call but think could happen, and then just a little bit of general madness chat. So, gentlemen, start us off. It was it was good to watch a selection show again. It felt right watching the bracket reveal and getting to talk about 12 and 13 seeds that might pull off the upset and who's going to make a run and I think we're never going to really be able to live without having gotten that 2020 NCAA tournament, which was going to be off the chain. Great. Uh, But it is good to be back with NCAA tournament basketball. Nonetheless. Um, So for me, I like the top of all of, I mean, famous last words. I think it's a pretty top heavy NCAA tournament. And of course, that means that the double digits, he's going to make the final four because I said that. But to me, it feels like the, the top seeds are really good uh, for me. I think there's a clear favorite and I'm will uh, get to that as we go through this. But my final four is Gonzaga beating Iowa in the Elite Eight. Baylor beating Ohio State for right now. But by the time this pods out, it might be Arkansas in the Elite Eight. Alabama beating Florida State, who knocks off one seed Michigan in the 16 in the Elite Eight, going from the East region. And then Houston beating Oklahoma State in the Elite Eight. Oklahoma State being the team who knocks off Illinois in the Sweet 16. At that point, I have Baylor beating Houston, Gonzaga beating Alabama, and Gonzaga beating Baylor in the national championship. Wow. I That's... That is a lot to to see. I I do like a lot of that because um, I echo your sentiments about the quality of the top. Um, ooh, you you threw me for a curveball there, um, but that's okay. That's the nature of the madness. Um, and you know, like you said, I'm glad that we're back talking about March Madness. You know, it sucks that Georgia State's not in it, but I am still you know impartial to good college basketball and. This is this is why they play all these games. Um, so, OK, that was a lot to digest, but I hope that mine is equally as digestible. Um, so I guess I'll start at the top two. Uh, I did copy your West. Um, I do have Gonzaga and Iowa in the Elite Eight there, um, although their paths to get there are probably not what you have, um, because I do have Santa Barbara going to the Sweet 16, um, only because I don't know what to make of Virginia, and I think Ohio will beat them. Um, so I do think Santa Barbara will make a Sweet 16 run. Um uh, I like Ohio State, um, but I like Texas Tech a lot better. Um, and I think Baylor is going to beat Texas Tech 
uh, in the Elite Eight there. Um, I like Baylor a lot. Um, And then here is where I think I differ from a lot of people. Um, I have a lot of concerns about Michigan um, because of livers. If he played... I would have less concern if he was healthy. I would have less concerns, but I do think LSU will poach Michigan in the round of 32. Um, it doesn't matter because I still have Bama and Florida state playing in the elite eight there. Um, I think that's going to be a great game, but I do think Bama is going to go to the final four. Um, I think they're that good. They're that deep. Um, and they'll have earned it. You know, it's not like if you beat Texas, UConn and Florida state, like that's, you know, Bama getting that spot would be a okay with me. Um, and then in the Midwest region, um, I'm not necessarily a homer. Um, I do think just personal and regional, uh, you know, seeing people who are aligned. Yes, Chicago's team. Um, I do think Illinois is going to make a run. Um, it is. Not going to be easy. Um, I mean, anytime you have to face Cade Cunningham, it's, you know, you, like you picked Oklahoma State to win that game. So um, he's really good. And I just think Illinois has, if there's going to be a team that's going to do it, it's going to be them. Um, and I think going through Loyola, Chicago, Oklahoma State, and then Houston on the way to the Final Four, at that point, they will be the most battle tested team of the four teams. Um, in a way, um, and honestly, I don't, I don't think you gave your champion, but I can just say right now and there because of that and that experience, I do have the Illini winning it all and being the national champions this year. Um, I just like them up and down. And I think if you can make it out of that region with that scheduled, I don't know how, and Gonzaga is really good. Baylor's really good. Alabama's really good. Um, if they can make it out of that region with that schedule, I don't see any of those other teams matching with them. So I think I said Gonzaga was going to win. I think I said I had Gonzaga over Baylor, but I didn't necessarily specify that that was the team. I think that Gonzaga is just head and shoulders better than every other team. Um, we haven't had an undefeated champion in a while that since 1970s, I believe it was Indiana's last one. And, uh, yeah, that, that was the team I was alluding to. Um, before I go into my upsets that I had and wish I had, uh, I just wanted to say I do have Santa Barbara making the Sweet 16 in the same spot that you do. Um, so we were similar on that. And the other note that I had is that I also could definitely see the LSU-Michigan upset. The only reason I don't have it is because I have St. Bonaventure beating LSU in the first round. Uh, in that eight nine game, and so that I, I totally buy that upset happening because, like you say, Michigan's down an important player. I think because of that, they're the most hobbled one seed, aside from the fact that they're also, I think, the number four one seed as it is. So I think that both of us kind of have the same thread there with Michigan's little bit beaten down, but also Michigan's team that has made runs in years past, where it's kind of been like, are we sure on Michigan? So. Uh, We'll see what happens there. Uh, The biggest upsets I have as currently constructed with my bracket, I have two 13 over four upsets. I have Ohio beating Virginia and I have North Texas beating Purdue. 
I think North Texas, I watched them win the conference USA championship because, you know, watched all the conference basketball I could get in the last week. And they just kind of grinded the game down late and hit some shot at the end. And so I think that they can win a game, you know, something like in the vein of how Georgia state beat Baylor, something in like the fifties or the sixties where the tempo is dragged way down. And I think that Purdue is suited for a game like that, but I just think that it, it is a, a team that can mold the game to their identity and have guys late in the game who can win that for them. And so that is, I think that that's an upset. It's going to happen. Uh, and the one I that, love that, by the way, that is a great upset to pick like that. I am by no means sold on Purdue basketball. So I, I don't have that personally, but I, I thought about it and I will look at so it. What's but, your biggest one? What's your biggest one? Um, like, actually by seed, not being like, well, I think this 11 would be like a major, like by seed, literally, what is your biggest one? I think by seed and just with actual math involved, I do have Drake over Kansas in the round of 32. Um, I think Drake is going to beat Wichita State, and I really like this Drake team. I'm not in love with this Kansas team, and it's I feel like it's for me specifically, I know that I got a little bit of bill self fatigue and, you know, I knew that the conference championship streak would end for them. There's still a blue blood and, you know, they're still good, but there's just something about the way that this Drake team plays defense. And there's just something, you know, they lost three games this year, but you know, the teams that they lost to, they lost to Loyola Chicago, you know, they played them, I believe three times. You know, and then they lost to Bradley, which that's not the best loss, but it, it's it's not on the same caliber loss. But at the same time, though, this team was still really good. They're really deep. Um, they were uh, sorry. They lost four overall games, you know, and I just, you know, and this is the time of the year where you've got those better mid-major teams who are always capable of making a run. And, you know, they didn't. <clears throat> They didn't win their conference tournament. You know, they really were players in the Missouri Valley, but they obviously lost to the one seed in Loyola again. So I just have a feeling they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to want to make a deep run. You know, it would be really hard for them to face Loyola again. Um, But I know that they're going to come out hungry. And I just I really like that matchup with, you know, getting them with some momentum going in against Kansas. Um, I just I really see that one happening. Yeah, I, I do too, for what it's worth. Um, and, uh, we have to wait on the first four results. I, I might have to rethink all of that depending on if it is Wichita or if it is Drake, but I definitely hear you. I'm liking Drake. Glad that the committee did them right and got them in the tournament. Probably should have been actually in the field of 64 uh, over a team like Syracuse, but you know, Syracuse going to get the love from the committee and that's just yeah. how it be. I mean, if there's a chance for you to get Syracuse in the tournament, you just got to do it, man. Like that's, that's just how this works. And here's, I guess the, what I will call the, the chickening out section of this where, and this might not even be technically true. Cause I might put this upset in blocking it. I I'm constantly tinkering all the way to the end. The one that I will put down is I, I think it could happen. And right now I'm too chicken to put it is Abilene Christian beating Texas. 
Oh, don't do Shaka Smart like that, man. And no. I feel bad because I like Shaka. Oh. And I think the memes would be too much to control. But I really, I like this Abilene team. I think that the fallacy of teams coming in hot and like winning their conference tournament gets overplayed sometimes. So the fact that Texas won that, especially because they didn't end up having to play Kansas because Kansas had COVID cases, take them out of it also negates it a little bit. Um, the other reason is that, and this is more strategery with March Madness bracketing than anything with the X's and O's. I've kind of got a rule that I've gotten away from a couple of times and it's hurt me where if I've got an upset a team losing in the round of 32. And I think there's a chance for that upset to happen in the round 64. It behooves me to pick that upset anyway. Like for example, in 2018, I think it was Wichita state was the four seed. They were playing Marshall. And I had Wichita losing in the round of 32 to the five seed who would have been West Virginia. And I thought that Marshall might pull off that upset, but I was like, eh, I'm trying to be this completionist. I think I want to get everything right. I think that Wichita pulls it off. But I, in the back of my, my head, I was like, I think this Marshall team can do this. And then they did. And since I had Wichita losing the next round anyway, it really didn't cost me anything to pick that upset. And I have Texas losing to BYU in the round of 32. And so it really doesn't cost me anything if I want to be ballsy because I have Texas losing that next round anyway. And I like the Abilene team. I think the upset's there. I think as of right now, I'm leaving it as is because I think, you know, gun to my hat, I think Texas would win the game, but that's the one I've got my eye on. And I'm going to pretend that I had the whole way if it does happen. Uh, it's been a while since the three seeds lost. Georgia State made 14 seeds winning really sexy. And there's been a couple years where that hasn't happened. Uh, and it feels like that's maybe the seed line where a big upset happens. I would be really surprised if a 15 beats any of the twos. And I'd be really surprised if a 16 beats a one. I mean, I think everyone would be always. That's why the UMBC thing was so shocking. But I think at this point, one seed coaches have really easy material to plan for that to make sure the guys aren't sleeping on it. So I, especially with how recent that was, it just really seems like it's going to be a while again until there's another one of those. But also I think that those one seeds are good. However flawed I was saying Michigan might be, I think they're definitely at least that good. So I think that the three seed line is where you might see one of the bigger upsets. And so the one I would, I'd stake my claim to is Texas. I, oof, oof. I mean, looking at the whole bracket, I will say, I don't hate that if you're strictly saying it, not if you're strictly saying, but let's say this is how probability worked. And, you know, there's an upset to be had in all of the three fourteens. I'll give you that. I probably like that one more than any of the others. That's fair. Um, I like Arkansas. I do think Kansas is vulnerable, but I do think they're better than East Washington. Um, the West Virginia, I really like West Virginia. So yeah, I guess I can give you that Texas one. Um, and I honestly, I've never heard that methodology. Um, I think that's really good. If there is a way to plan something like this, you know, that's, I suppose a pretty good it, way to it gives do it. you, it gives you rationalization, you know, right. And that's, you know, that's uh, all you need for this thing. And also, if I don't pick it and Texas wins by 30, I'm going to shrink back into my shell and pretend I didn't say anything. Just like, you, you know, know the, the people who like pick a brave like, American does. Exactly. Exactly. 
Oh man, that's. I'm gonna sit on that one. I, uh, that one's gonna that one's gonna sit with me because I I really like the way you described the second round exit, anyways. Because you you don't lose anything if you pick that in, you know. And if obviously, you already have them going out. It's not like you're banking on them winning that game. Right. Exactly. Um, that's so that's good. I'm definitely gonna keep that keep that for uh, in my back pocket either this year or next year. Um. I should say that I'm not like a yearly winner of March Madness stuff. I usually, I think I won one of the last couple of years because I had the national champion, but it's not like I'm this person who you should trust on all the advice. I'm just random guy. Um, I think put entirely too much thought into stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like it has been a different person in our little friend pool every year. I don't know that we've had a repeat and obviously it's been a while and that's not something that we're really tracking. So I think last time I had Virginia win the national championship, but I did bad enough and everything else that it didn't get me over the top for actually winning. I think I lost. I think the person who won didn't actually have the national champion, but they just picked enough actual, you know, sweet 16 early date or whatever. And with me at a certain point, it got to where UVA was the only people making points. Gotcha. Uh, well, I, I'm excited. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask, what is your favorite region? Because I have an answer for myself, and I know that I will be watching every single game in the South. So what, which region are you like, all right, this is the one that I got to make sure I watch all of these matchups, both first round well, and, uh, well, obviously you will, but, you yeah. know. <laughs> I'll be there for to the bitter end all four days. Got the time booked off, ready to just not do anything. Um, I think that the South is a good answer. I am very intrigued by the Midwest um, because I don't in my bracket have Illinois running the gauntlet like you do. But if they do, if they have a run of games where they're playing Loyola versus Illinois, Oklahoma State versus Illinois, and then Houston versus Illinois, I mean, just that lead up there and just the games involving Illinois is just tremendous basketball. But then even you get into the other games, the first round games, if you go down the line, I mean, Loyola Georgia tech is going to be one of the more intriguing games of the round of 64 Oklahoma state. I like, and obviously I haven't gone to the lead eight, but I think that Liberty is an interesting test for them. And so that could be a good game. Uh, I want to see what San Diego state can do against Syracuse. And then, if they get past Syracuse, what they can do with probably West Virginia. Um, and I Is like this Houston. West Virginia? Uh, West Virginia, yeah. Press Virginia. Um, and I like, I wasn't really versed in Houston basketball until Georgia State played them. And I saw them in Tulsa in person and they were really legit. But Calvin Sampson put together a really good team and they're really fun to watch. And I mean, that's why I have them going to the Final Fours because I think that they're a good team. But I just think up and down that one, it's interesting. I think regions like with Gonzaga in it, it's a little less interesting because you think that there's kind of a clear favorite. And I think that you can talk yourself into a few teams in the Midwest and you can talk yourself into some upsets to take some of the better teams out of it. Um, even though I don't necessarily have that except for Illinois losing the Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like a lot of what you said. Uh, I feel really bad because I definitely thought that Loyola Chicago was a sweet 16 caliber team. And then I definitely thought that Georgia tech was a can is hot enough and can win in the first weekend type team. And of course, both of those teams, you know, matched up against each other. And obviously that is mutually exclusive and, 
but it it can still happen. Um, but I thought both would happen. Um, and I, you know, yeah, I, I mean, Loyola's Loyola's not really an eight seed, and you know, that's it, whatever. Move on. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's honestly the thing. I, Definitely seated way too low, but I mean, that's the life of teams like that. So that's just kind of how it is. Um, I really wanted to like the West. And I thought, you know, I think looking at the West during the season, I would have been a little bit more excited about it. But I really just don't see how Gonzaga can lose it. I, you know, I guess if Luke, if Luca Garza can turn it on at Iowa, maybe. Um, if Virginia is healthy, maybe, um, if Kansas is going on a run, maybe, but I don't know. I just, I really don't see a team out West that can match up with the Zags as well as, you know, like, like BYU gave the Zags a scare in the, you know, the, um, their conference championship game. But BYU is good, you know, like that's and the Zags were just shooting really poorly. And for the first, you know, 15 minutes of the first half, and then they started just shooting lights out and eventually took the lead in the second half and still ended up winning by double digits. Like, can you really look at all of the teams in this of these 16 and say any team is going to be able to do that with them? I know I can't. And I guess since we now mentioned all the regions, I just want to say that I think the East I don't know if appealing is the word, but I think the East has the best chaos potential. I think any number of things could happen in the East. You mentioned the eight beating the one. I just think that there's some uncertainty there and that that could be a lot of fun uh, if that's how it plays out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the East is going to be very chaotic. I like Georgetown. I think Georgetown's going to upset Colorado. Um, I think I could talk myself into Bama, Texas, Florida State, LSU or even Michigan, even though I have the upset coming out of the East. So I, it's not to me the most intriguing in the, I just find that the Midwest matchups are better. Um, but I think that there is going to be a tornado going through that bracket right there. Uh, that felt good. I, we should do this every year. <laughs> yeah, we should have a big tournament at the end of the college basketball season every year. That sounds like a great idea, Brady. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> this is March. This is March and we sleep in May. But before we change topics here real quick, I did want to remind everybody that we do have a Thursday Night Madness bracket competition up on ESPN. So if you're feeling inclined to join the rest of us in the fun, you can head on over to there and search Thursday Night Madness or click the link in the post. If I didn't make a post, yell at me and I'll do it. So before we get you out of here this week, we did want to have a GSU sports roundup where we go through all the teams that are currently playing and let you know exactly what's going on with all of them. So first up, baseball swept at the weekend by Kentucky, lost to Clemson on Tuesday. The baseball thirds head into the start of the Sunbelt play at 4 and 14. They head out to Monroe for a three game set this weekend with ULM and then host Mercer for a quick one game set on Tuesday of next week. Softball, softball swept UT Chattanooga this past Saturday with a double header. Game one being a 6-2 victory. Game two won by a score of 8-2. The trio of Texas State games originally meant to be a Sunbelt opener have been rescheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday, March 23rd and 24th. The Panthers will instead open conference play against Troy at the Bob Hex Softball Complex with a trio of games this weekend on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Women's golf finished eighth at the spring break shootout at the Lake Jovita Golf Club. Senior Petra Duran to finish tied for 21st overall, shooting eight over par during a final round effort of 74 strokes. It was her third top 30 finish this season thus far. Men's golf competed in the Linger Longer Invitational this past weekend at Great Waters at Reynolds Plantation. The Panthers finished 16th out of all teams, shooting 35 over par. Men's tennis split a pair of matches this past weekend, losing 5-1 to South Florida and winning over Stetson University 5-2. Panther Harvey Mon was named Sunbelt Men's Tennis Player of the Week following his efforts in those two matches, as well as against Old Dominion on March 5th and the University of North Florida on March 7th. The Panthers head just south of Atlanta to the Peachtree City Tennis Center to face East Tennessee State and UT Chattanooga on Friday and Sunday. Women's tennis lost two games this past weekend, falling 4-3 to Mercer on Friday and 4-2 to Georgia Southern on Sunday. The Panthers head to Alabama this upcoming weekend to face Troy on Saturday and then make the drive down to Mobile to face South Alabama on Sunday. Beach Volleyball spent last weekend at the March to May event in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Your number 18 ranked Sandy Panthers went 2-2 two two on the event, falling 5-0 to number 3 LSU and beating host UAB 3-2 on Saturday, then falling 4-1 to number 10, Texas Christian, and defeating number 20, Tulane, 3-2 on Sunday. Up next for beach volleyball, the NOLA Classic on Friday and Saturday, March 19th and 20th in New Orleans. But that is all we've got for you this week. Don't forget to check out the Thursday Night Madness Bracket Challenge, and we will see you on the other side of opening weekend of March Madness. Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com. 